Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Health Connect South Radio. Brought to you by Sherwick Media, your health and wellness content specialist. Health Connect South is to serve the health community as a sustainable platform for regional health collaborations. Through our collective work, we seek to broadly define and advance the Southeast role in the future of health. Serving as a gateway between health industry silos, we seek to provide unique and meaningful partnership opportunities in health. We are pleased to share this information and these experts with you as part of our mission. Want to be part of the discussion? Join in, tweet questions and comments at HealthCon Radio. What's up, everyone? It's CW, and this week on the Health Connect South Radio Show, we featured several leaders from Cobb 2020. This is a community-facing health initiative that encompasses a number of different programs, each of which you are trying to tackle a variety of health concerns within the community, particularly those residents within Cobb and Douglas counties. And when you look at Cobb and Douglas, that encompasses over 800,000 residents that uh, are part of the Atlanta metro area. The district director for Cobb Douglas Department of Public Health, Dr. Jack Kennedy, came by to talk about the genesis of the Cobb 2020 program. And he brought with him Lisa Crossman and Becky Shipley. Here's Dr. Kennedy talking about how Cobb 2020 got started. Check it out. Cobb 2020 was started back in 2011. The primary intent was to bring the county together to do a comprehensive health assessment and then develop a comprehensive health improvement plan. We had about 50 partners involved in that at uh, different levels. Worked together over about a period of a year and a half to do that initial health assessment and then we developed our community health improvement plan which really focused on two areas, access to health services and healthy lifestyles. Becky Shipley talking about the Farm Fresh Market program within Cobb 2020. This initiative is aimed at addressing food deserts that exist around the Cobb and Douglas County areas. These are areas that have limited access to fresh fruits and vegetables and other healthy food choices at grocers and other resources, and they're trying to address this challenge. Check it out. We found that in certain areas in our county, there is limited access to healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables, and so we were fortunate enough to receive some pilot funds from the CDC to be able to create farm fresh markets, which would allow produce uh, available in certain areas in our community. And so last year we started in the Six Flags Drive area, which would be one of our food deserts, which basically means that there's not a freestanding grocery store within a reasonable distance for those residents. And there's also a high lack of transportation. And so the Farm Fresh Market was set up every week for only $5. People could fill up a bag of fresh fruits and vegetables to be able to feed their family. And also we were able to bring in partners like the Cobb Extension Office to come and show folks how to cook those vegetables in a healthy way. So we might have had a selection of greens available, but we wanted to show them how to saute those greens and not necessarily cook them in a lot of bacon fat and so that they were become flavorful but <laughs> right. also take away the entire health benefits. Sure. So they were great partners to come out and show people how to cook those vegetables in a healthy way and using unique spices to add flavor versus, you know, some of the fats and stuff that they may have used in the past. And so that was a great partnership and we have been able to expand that market this year just based off those pilot funds and now we have also we still have the Austell market but we also have added one in Marietta this summer along the Franklin Road area. We have about seven food deserts in Cobb, and so we're happy that we're able to serve two of them with this Farm Fresh idea. And here's Lisa Crossman talking about why it makes sense for each of us residents in the community to try to throw our weight behind improving the overall health of our community at large. 
the reason we try to pull everybody together is because for decades, centuries, we all are working on our individual priorities and that wasn't getting us where we need to be. We've got some significant health status or healthy lifestyle issues in our community. And so the only way we're gonna be able to address that is if we're all pulling together in the same direction. So the Cobb 2020 partnership pulls together community leaders to help set priorities and say, let's all pull together in this direction and we'll all take a piece of the effort. Stick around, we got the full interview with Dr. Jack Kennedy, Lisa Crossman and Becky Shipley coming up next. Good morning, everyone. It is CW. Welcome to Health Connect South Radio. It's episode number 32. Wow, it's September already. Yeah. Favorite season, football season, right around the corner. I should be saying Health Connect South season, I guess, is really what it is. That's right. 15 days, but who's counting? Until <laughs> <laughs> the uh, big event at the Georgia Aquarium. Uh, make sure you get there early because Dr. Tom Frieden, the head of the director of the CDC, will be speaking right at 8.30. So we're planning on people showing up at 7.30 registration breakfast, and then the program kicks off, and it'll be all day, speakers, panels, lots of time for networking as well. And from what I understand, the event is going to be basically taking over the Georgia Aquarium, so folks will have the ability to go throughout the the venue. Yeah. Well, we're going to have the the exhibition space and we'll have some tables where people can do connector tables so there'll be some topics we did this at some of our other events where you don't just have to go into a room and with a bunch of people you may or may not know there'll be some certain topics that you can go to self uh, select each other to just meet people that have similar interests and from what I understand, I mean, obviously the big thrust of Health Connect South is to bring people together to uh, let people know what other healthcare assets are out there, what are healthcare, other healthcare organizations doing to be able to potentially identify partnerships that might make their initiatives move forward on a you know faster pace and a broader scope. Right. We have two simple rules at Health Connect South. There's so much here. I'm new to the health space in the last year or so. There's so many health organizations here. So the first thing is, don't tell us what you do. Don't assume that we know. Like I always tell everybody, I thought the Carter Center was a, a gift shop and an Oval Office replica. I never realized that they spent so much on disease control all around the world. That's an example. All these different organizations tell us what you do, then tell us what you need. And we make connections on the show we do it. Uh, we hit make connections through uh, just the meetings that we have setting this up. So it's been real interesting to see the collaborations that have come out, just letting people know what's in your backyard. At the event last year, I know we had some breakout sessions of different types that we're talking about. One of the ones I went to was talking about how to uh, position your your company or your organization to be able to get access to funding, whether it was angel investment or different types of funding. Are we going to be doing things like that at the event this year? Or is it really going to be focused more on other types of topics? No, no, there's going to be, there's going to be something for everybody. So there's going to be breakout sessions in the afternoon. One of the ones I'm really looking forward to is the uh, collaboration and commercialization of ideas among research universities. So we're going to have some startups here talking with some of the big universities and how they can take a student with a bright idea or a company that's just starting out, how they can help bring their products to market. That's one of the topics that we're going to have. Uh, Tino Mantella of TAG is going to host another technology panel. That that one, we're looking forward to that as well. So there'll be something for everybody during the day. The agenda's up online. 
and you can check it out at healthconnectsouth.com. And also as a special for our radio listeners, when you go, if you haven't registered already, when you go to register in the upper right corner, click to register, and then you can type in promo code radio X and you'll get $100 off the registration. Well, I'm really pleased to, to be able to offer a special like that, and I'm hopeful that the folks who are checking out the show will uh, make sure they get over to healthconnectsouth.com and register for this upcoming event. I know I was quite impressed with uh, the folks that were speaking last year, mm-hmm. as well as all the connections I made myself by uh, just being there at the event. Uh, uh, I don't remember. There were several hundred uh, attendees there last year. Last year we had 550. This year we hope to have 600. And while we've got people's attention, just want to let them know, in addition to Dr. Tom Frieden, we're going to have uh, Lewis, Dr. Lewis Sullivan, who's the former HHS secretary. Also, two new CEOs in town, the Ambassador Marianne Peters, who's the new CEO of the Carter Center, and Gary Reedy, who's the CEO of the Cancer Center. And a recent addition that will be interesting is Dr. Ian Crozier, who was an abation, Ebola survivor and doctor is going to be able to join us, and he will be one of the featured speakers as well. It'll be certainly interesting to get his perspective on that experience, both as a provider trying right. to deliver care in that environment, then all of a sudden becoming a patient and going through that himself. I'm sure that'll be a very interesting discussion. Looking forward to hear what we had to say. What and, to of say. course, um, I'll be there as well. Uh, we'll be setting up and doing some interviews on site there that we'll uh, bring over to the show to air down the road. So uh, if you're there at the event, Make sure you look me up. I'll be set up somewhere in there and uh, in the connection point tables, thrusting my one off to the side. <laughs> and we're also going to experiment with the periscope. So a few of the well, I'm really pleased to have the folks that we have with us in studio. They've uh, they've fought a bit of a battle to get here to us this morning, coming in from Cobb County. Which, if you do that commute on a regular basis, you understand that that's a pleasant ride every morning, getting to uh, sit and look at a lot of tail lights, <laughs> a lot of tail lights, uh, and uh, have plenty of time to uh, think about things on your way into town. <laughs> <laughs> we have uh, folks joining us from the Cobb Douglas uh, Department of Public Health, and uh, I got a chance to meet Dr. Jack Kennedy a few months ago, actually, became aware of what they were doing with the Cobb 2020 initiative and knew right away that it was something that we were going to have to uh, talk about here on the show. It's one of the uh, examples of uh, efforts to improve the health of our community, and we've had a chance to meet some of Dr. Kennedy's colleagues. We actually had Dr. Fitzgerald in the show um, in the studio a few months ago talking about the uh, uh, Georgia Shape program, when I believe that uh, they're doing some collaboration with that as well in Cobb and Douglas counties. Dr. Kennedy, thanks for making the journey into town and joining us here in the studio. Happy to be here. You brought with you one of your colleagues, and I know somebody else is going to be joining us, too. You want to introduce us real quick? Becky Shipley is here from our local YMCA, and she's one of our wonderful partners involved with us on several different things. Thanks for joining us in the studio. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited about this. (laughs) So, Dr. Kennedy, introduce us to the Cobb 2020 initiative just as a, in general, what we're trying to do, and then we can kind of break down into some of the particular efforts within that uh, that are focused on particular aspects of the community's health. Cobb 2020 was started back in 2011. The primary intent was to bring the county together 
to do a comprehensive health assessment and then develop a comprehensive health improvement plan. We had about 50 partners involved in that at uh, different levels, worked together over about a period of a year and a half to do that initial health assessment, and then we developed our community health improvement plan, which really focused on two areas, access to health services and healthy lifestyles. You want to talk about some of those uh, things we're working to improve upon? Sure. We have a pretty healthy county, but like most places, we also have a lot of opportunity for improvement. I think the thing that caught most people's attention was the whole issue of weight, obesity, being overweight, not eating properly, not exercising properly. And accordingly, one of our two focus areas uh, was was healthy lifestyles. How did you get that kind of data? I mean, who helped you go through and, and make those types of assessments so you could get some of the numbers that we've got some information about the, the health insurance and high blood pressure and different behaviors and markers like that? The process that we used to do our community health assessment was called the MAP process, which is an acronym for mobilizing uh, through planning and partnerships. Uh, that There are four assessments in that, and we use primary and secondary data from a number of different sources. Some of these things are easily accessible on the Internet. Others came from our partners at the Department of Public Health. Uh, we did some focus groups and surveys, uh, telephone and, and Internet surveys locally. So this was really a very extensive process. For COP 2020, basically we're hoping to improve on all of these markers over that period of time, clearly. And Becky, I know that one of the challenges COP 2020 is trying to address has to do with food deserts. Apparently... Several regions around the metro area exist where there isn't a, an available grocery store or other resource where the residents in that area can get access to fresh fruits and vegetables and other healthy food choices. Talk about how you're tackling that issue. We found that in certain areas in our county, there is limited access to healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables. And so we were fortunate enough to receive some pilot funds from the CDC to be able to create farm fresh markets, which would allow produce. Uh, available in certain areas in our community. And so last year we started in the Six Flags Drive area, which would be one of our food deserts, which basically means that there's not a freestanding grocery store within a reasonable distance for those residents. And there's also a high lack of transportation. And so the Farm Fresh Market was set up every week for only $5. People could fill up a bag of fresh fruits and vegetables to be able to feed their family. And also we were able to bring in partners like the Cobb Extension Office to come and show folks how to cook those vegetables in a healthy way. So we might have had a selection of greens available, but we wanted to show them how to saute those greens and not necessarily cook them in a lot of bacon fat and so that they were become flavorful, but <laughs> right. also take away the entire health benefits. So sure. they were great partners to come out and show people how to cook those vegetables in a healthy way and using unique spices to add flavor versus, you know, some of the fats and stuff that they may have used in the past. And so that was a great partnership. And we have been able to expand that market this year just based off those pilot funds. And now we have also, we still have the Austell market, but we also have added one in Marietta this summer along the Franklin Road area. We have about seven food deserts in Cobb, and so we're happy that we're able to serve two of them with this farm fresh idea. What's the radius that we're talking about that as a rough area? Was it three or four miles, something like that? Typically, that it's a about? mile. So if okay. you can't get to a freestanding grocery store within a mile, uh, especially if it's a lack of transportation or there's not a, a public transportation line, right. um, you'd be labeled as a food desert. Because it would clearly be prohibitive to be able to get out and in 
particularly in the summertime or the right. depths of winter to try to trudge <laughs> a couple of miles or more sure. to get to a grocery store. It's, it's hard to believe that we have those areas when we've got grocery stores all over the place, but yet certain areas of our community, which is certainly far flung, right. don't have one handy yeah. for someone to get to. And so you'll see a lot of like family dollar and dollar generals popping up in those areas, right. but then you're also then stuck eating you know, canned vegetables or eat, sometimes they have a frozen section, but usually it's just canned or dried um, foods in those areas. Now, when it comes to programs like what we're talking about here with the Farm Fresh Market, obviously awareness is one of the things that we need to get out there. How do you interface with the community so that the residents in that particular region that we're trying to help that, you know, that have that food desert experience, how, how do we get the information to them? Hey, if you come out, uh, you'll be able to get some access to some fresh fruits and vegetables like we're talking about. Sure. And um, so a lot of these areas are also flooded with apartment complexes. So we tend to recreate relationships with those apartment managers and leasing associates to help get the word out in those apartment communities. Uh, we also last year, um, part of the pilot funding was allowed, allowed us to have a mailing. So we were able to mail to certain addresses with families who had kids five to 12 years old living in that in that household. And so really, it's it's word of mouth mainly, but also um, working with those apartments that have relationships with those residents to be able to get the word out. And so it's a little bit of a slow process, but it seems to be paying off. Well, based on what I was reading in some of the statistics, over 1,700 residents served. That's right. Um, and you, you surveyed a number of, what, about 100 or so, and uh, 65% said they were eating more fruits and vegetables as a result of the program. So clearly... Right. We had some very favorable results last summer, and so that's kind of why we were able to find funding to sustain it for the second year. So are you getting farmers... Who's coming to bring? Because I know often farmers will set up like farmers markets just in a, mm -hmm. a parking lot. Sometimes is that who you're interfacing with? Local? No, actually, we're getting or? all of the produce donated by the Atlanta Community Food Bank. Okay, and so they're delivering it up by us. They also wanted to have um, increased awareness in Cobb. They saw that they weren't serving Cobb as equally as they were in other counties, and so this year we've been able to get all of their produce um, for free from the Atlanta Community Food Bank. And so they do, they bring it to us every week, and then we set up um, markets um, a few days after that. Are there other partners out there that you've identified in the community that might possibly be able to supplement that in, in any form or fashion, whether it's me just as a general resident trying to donate to that? I mean, clearly around the holidays, we always have food drives of different kinds, whether it's through a faith-based organization or even through community uh, resources. But are there other collaborations out there in the community that when you look at this particular initiative, the the Farm Fresh Market, that, gosh, if, if we could get with them or if they knew about what we're doing, maybe we could get that many more fruits and vegetables or whatever we're trying to bring to these folks that might be yeah, I mean, good to know about? You know, like I said, there's seven food deserts in Cobb. So in order, in order to expand to serve the other five that we're missing out on right now, um, obviously, having more resources to, you know, help find volunteers, staff power, transportation, you know, sourcing additional produce. Um, we have tried to work with some farmers. Um, what the residents do like is that there's selection, just like they might get at your local Publix. And so sometimes when you're working with farmers, you're dealing with product that might only be seasonal. And so that's kind of why we've been working with the Atlanta Community Food Bank, because they're able to get about 11 to 12 different items each week. And so 
you know, as much as we would love to have produce that's locally grown, um, we also want the selection available for those to be able to make a healthy salad and have all those items that may not necessarily be grown in Georgia. And so, yeah, I'm curious with regards to your you you mentioned volunteering. What, What sorts of needs do you have around that side of things from, you know, somebody who hears this that thinks, wow, I may have some time. I would love to be able to help. What what kind of needs do you have there? So we need volunteers to help set up, man the farmers markets, break it down, help marketing. And so if if we if there are people who are interested in volunteering, I would um, encourage them to reach out to the YMCA's in, in Cobb County and we can definitely get them plugged in. And um, with regards to the you mentioned the other five. I mean, does it how how does it look right now? I mean, does it look like maybe that the, with these now that you've kind of gotten underway with these two, do you feel like that uh, you're going to be able to start breaking into the, into those areas pretty soon? Um, hopefully, we are definitely actively seeking um, some partners around the funding side. So we've talked with some of our local uh, organizations like a Wellstar to see um, who you know who have similar. Um, interest. And so, yeah, we definitely think that we can have that grow. We're also looking, um, we have uh, several opportunities in having like a mobile type of farmer's market. So put it on wheels, you know, and so it won't be so labor intensive. And plus we can have like a refrigerated truck to keep the produce longer. Um, So we're looking at ways of making it run a little bit more efficiently versus having these stands that are set up each week. And when you set up a in a location, wh- what kind of hours do you make it available in terms of, you know, does it run all day or is it kind of like what you see, say, at the Piedmont Park? Everyone's all set up for a few hours. Is that kind of how it goes? It's set up for a few hours just like you'd see at the Piedmont Park. I got you. And um, anything else that we can introduce people to, whether there's an opportunity to, is, I mean, can, can people, if, if someone like myself, if I wanted to donate, I mean, is that, is that too small of a contribution to be able to donate on some level or or is it really something that would be a a benefit to you for people to be able to make some sort of contribution to this program? Sure. I mean, we can definitely right now um, this year, the YMCA has been financially subsidizing uh, the farm fresh market. We, We feel like it's in alignment with our mission. And also we've been getting some support marketing wise from the health department. So I think people can donate, you know, cash donations. Also, we'd love if you do have an excess of stuff growing in your garden, you know, you can definitely drop off, um, you know, food donations to any of the, the Cobb Y locations. So and we can take those. Typically, if you can get those to us on Thursdays, because the market runs on uh, Saturday and on Monday. And based on what you were saying, we're talking really more, you know, perishable, fresh vegetables and fruits, not so much canned items and things like that, that a canned food drive seems like what it's always doing over the holidays. So we're we're talking about freshly grown items that, Mm -hmm. that can be shared. Right. And that are hardier. So like potatoes, onions, things that will last a couple of days. Like if it's going to be a soft vegetable, we, we, that those things don't typically last long enough for us to make it to that Monday market. I gotcha. No tomatoes or bananas. Tomatoes, <laughs> um, soft greens, you know, um, but, you know, kale usually can make it things like that. We've been talking with Dr. Jack Kennedy and Becky Shipley uh, about the Cobb 2020 initiative, ta- learned a little bit about the uh, Fresh Market initiative. 
And their colleague, Lisa Crossman, is joining us to talk further about some of the additional programs that they have going on within the Cobb 2020 initiative. You want to share a little bit about what you're focused on within Cobb 2020? Sure. I'm Lisa Crossman. I'm Deputy Director of Cobb and Douglas Public Health and also serve as the Vice Chair with Becky on Cobb 2020 Steering Team. So I'm focused on the community health assessment work and our community health improvement plan and whatever the steering team sets as priorities to try and move forward on our health status of improving healthy lifestyles and improving access to health care. Why do we do this? I mean, you know, some some folks may ask me, why do we go through all these big efforts and, you know, why not leave it up to the person? Why do this through the Department of Public Health? Well, I would say, first of all, that we're all part of the public health system. You know, my decisions I make every day as an individual impact the health status of the community. The work that I do in the community impacts it, and the decisions I make for my family and my business all impact the health status of the community. So we're all part of that. The issue comes in of the reason we try to pull everybody together is because for decades, centuries, we all are working on our individual priorities. And that wasn't getting us where we need to be. We've got some significant health status or healthy lifestyle issues in our community. And so the only way we're going to be able to address that is if we're all pulling together in the same direction. So the Cobb 2020 partnership pulls together community leaders to help set priorities and say, let's all pull together in this direction and we'll all take a piece of the effort. And it's a pretty big population that we're talking about when we look at the Cobb and Douglas County populations. Mm-hmm. It's massive. Several Over 800,000 yeah. people yeah. that we take care of, almost <laughs> 900,000 people. And the Partners in Health being part of what we're talking about here, you want to talk about that because we got involved with the Chambers of Commerce and things like that, trying to enlist some support through through those relationships as well? Sure. Uh, back several years ago, as we were looking to do our accreditation and deciding that we needed to do more related to a community health assessment, a more thorough job, we pulled in a lot of community leaders. So the Cobb 2020 partnership is uh, made up of about 30 different um, agencies to where we get together, look at the priorities, look at the issues in the community, assess the residents to find Mm -hmm. out what they actually want, because that's a big part of it, Mm -hmm. and then set those priorities. And then they work together throughout the year to make sure those implementation teams are pushing forward on the priorities. And what kind of feedback when you were asking, what do you what do you need? What are you looking for? What kind of feedback did you get from those members of the community? Well, we had a great partnership with Kennesaw State University, um, and they helped us do those telephone interviews and some of our focus groups. And what our residents said was uh, overwhelmingly that they wanted access to fresh fruits and vegetables. They wanted smoke-free areas. They wanted access to more physical activity opportunities and access to better to uh, primary health care, preventive health care. That's interesting. I mean, I, I know in my community, I live in Mableton, so I'm out there in, in the neighborhood. And uh, they've done all kinds of work on sidewalks and widening yes. those. So if folks wanted to get out and do kind of that trail experience that they're doing in town with like the, the Beltway and mm-hmm. things like that, we're starting to see that kind of development out where we live. We were so excited to be involved with the Cobb DOT uh, this past year when they were doing their 20-year transportation plan for the county. Uh, they pulled in the Cobb 2020 partnership and the health department to advise on how to not only make the transportation work, but to how to how to support healthy lifestyles. And so the result of much of that work has been some of the expanded sidewalks that mm-hmm. you mentioned down in South Cobb. 
not just South, I guess South Cobb. We live near uh, about two miles from where the new Brave Stadium is going to be. Yes. And as I said, I wish I sold orange barrels to Cobb County <laughs> because it is solid orange barrels. The good news is there's going to be sidewalks on both sides yes. of Cobb Parkway mm-hmm. there. So all the way up to Cumberland Mall. Uh, and and the trails along the Chattahoochee, it's just really good for exercise. And now, from what I understand, as far as the, with the partners in health, one of the things that you're doing is collaborating with uh, the businesses in the area to try to help pull them in and, and foster wellness-type behaviors among their employees. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. The Cobb Chamber of Commerce has been a, a tremendous partner in the Cobb 2020 partnership, and they have not only surveyed all of the Cobb Chamber members to find out what they needed in order to support healthier lifestyles and access to health care, but they've also uh, developed the Health and Wellness Committee. So we have business leaders who are members of the Chamber who meet uh, every month to determine how they could uh, support their business members with improving health and wellness. The other is that they worked with the health department and our local hospital systems to determine what were some best practice worksite wellness toolkits and initiatives. And so they have those on their website so any business can look at that and say, okay, if I'm trying to do something about healthy meetings or um, smoking policies or things like that, then they can go to the Chamber of Commerce website, find those toolkits, and not have to have their HR people spend hours looking on the internet trying to find a reliable plan. I've been speaking with Lisa Crossman, uh, one of the members that's uh, responsible for the COP2020 initiative here in our community. And with regards to the businesses, have you gotten some feedback from them about practices that they've put into place that they've started to see some measure of change in behavior among their workers? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we have. I have to pick on one of them. Um, uh, Tammy Cohen and Amy Phillips um, work with a business in town, and they implemented a um, recess on Mondays. And so they take their workers. They're a background check company. Infomart is the name of their company. And they do background checks. And so all of their employees spend an awful lot of time behind a computer. Right. And so a few times a week, they pull those com- those employees out and do recess. And they have hula hoops and balls and things that they go outside in their parking lot and on their grounds and do. Um, and the only rule is that you can't smoke and you can't be on your phone. Other than that, they just play for uh, 15 minutes and then go back in, and they have seen tremendous benefits from that. They've also implemented walking meetings. They have a lovely trail around their business. And so m- more often than not, you will see their staff walking during their meetings instead of mm-hmm. sitting down and having meetings. Uh, that's that's the type of practice that I'm talking about, trying to get out there so that those other businesses that are in the area that are a lot like you, you know, the inside sales type organizations, uh, people that spend lots of time in, in a cubicle, you get locked in there and you're in there all day long and you don't really get to move around. And I'm sure there's some measure of value, much like what we've talked about in the past with the Georgia Shape folks. There's got to be some measure of mental value and emotional value even uh, and morale for those folks getting to get out and get a break like that during the day. Back in May, we had the radio show that exercise is medicine. And -hmm. I think someone there was saying that sitting is the new smoking. If you just sit all day behind a, in a cubicle for four hours at a time that you erase the benefits of exercise. Well, and you know, for again, for decades, we all felt like you had to get out and do really hard exercise, mm-hmm. you know, for an hour at a time. And 
And what we're finding is just simply moving, mm -hmm. finding ways to be more physically active during your day has tremendous benefits. One of the things you mentioned when we first started talking with you, Lisa, was the, the accreditation. And I know that the, um, the De Cobb and Douglas Department of Health was going through that process when we were first meeting with you. You all want to share about that? It was quite an achievement from what I understand to go through that and, and to be able to uh, get that uh, awarded. Yeah, <clears throat> absolutely. Uh, we've always, as a health department, been very committed to quality improvement and service excellence. The Public Health Accreditation Board is a nonprofit organization dedicated to improving and protecting the health of the public by advancing the quality and performance of tribal, state, local, and territorial public health departments. Quite a mouthful. <laughs> in any case, we started working toward accreditation in 2010, and just this past May, were awarded five-year accreditation status by the Public Health Accreditation Board. The accreditation process involves several years of dedicated work by staff to meet rigorous requirements for 12 domains and 97 measures. We were the first accredited local health department in Georgia, and we're currently one out of 71 out of over 3,000 health departments nationally. Yeah, and so why why go through that? Because as you talked about, it was quite a, a it was a, quite a process. I mean, it involved tons and tons of man hours, lots of effort. Um, why do that when so few of your colleagues have done that? Well, I, I mentioned our agency's commitment to, to quality improvement. Um, until the, the public health accreditation was available, there was really no single set of national standards uh, for a health department to aspire to. And, of course, it's great to, to say maybe you're, you're one of the best in your part of the state or you're one of the best in your state, but if you truly want to show that you're committed to, to providing the best possible programs and services to your community, certainly a national standard makes sense. And from what I understand, the, the COG 2020 initiative really has, I mean, quite a broad spectrum of partners. We've got, you, know, you mentioned the health system that Wellstar is obviously mm -hmm. one of the biggest leaders, if not I'm not sure if there's any other systems out there that aren't Wellstar now that I'm thinking about it, but um, clearly they would have to have a, a big hand in that. And, and then we talked about the businesses. Um, you want to mention some of the other partnerships that you have that are really you know key to making this work? Sure. Um, again, everybody in the community has a part of, a, of being the local public health system and improving health status. So we mentioned Wellstar Health System, Cobb and Douglas Public Health, the YMCA. We also have very strong involvement from our education agencies like the Marietta City School System, Cobb County School Systems, uh, KSU, Kennesaw State University. Another health uh, provider is Kaiser Permanente. They've been awesome working with us. So, and then it's some of the unusual folks um, like individual business owners or folks who work in recreation um, all have come together. We even have someone very active from the Sheriff's Department, and they're working with us. And when we talk about these types of partners, what, what sorts of contribution are they making to this effort? Well, part of it is their leadership in setting the health priorities. You know, reviewing a community health assessment is no small feat, and, and so it takes a bit of time and experience to be able to filter through all of that data and determine what are the biggest issues mm -hmm. and what are the needs and what can people come together around. And so that's part of their role. 
The second is to set the priorities um, for the entire group and for the community health improvement plan and to say, okay, this is what we're going to focus on. We're going to work on reducing childhood obesity. We're going to re, um, reduce tobacco use. We're going to improve access to primary care. Those are some of the examples. And so then they work at their own agency to say, what part of this pie of this effort can my agency uh, impact? Can I bring resources to it? Can I help write grants? Can I provide staff time? And all of those things, if every agency would take a piece of that pie, we really feel like we could start to um, make a difference. Maybe I should use a piece of the apple instead of a piece of the pie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> We're talking gluten-free fruit That's pie right. without sugar. <laughs> Whole wheat crust. Yeah. <laughs> when you're talking about these health care priorities that we're, we're discussing, I mean, how do you there's a number of them that we were looking at uh, as we started talking about the uh, the initiative as a whole. So how do you drill down on, okay, these are our priorities here, and when you've refined it down to that, we're going to work on, you mentioned obesity, we mentioned mm -hmm. smoking. Um, what what What's the goal, you know, in terms of a time, and what, how do we know if we, if we, if we hit it? Well, part of what we're looking at are the Healthy People 2020 goals. Um, if you've heard of Healthy People 2010, Healthy People 2020, I encourage folks to go onto those websites because they have a lot of great information nationally about where our priorities should be in, in order to be the healthiest country. <laughs> and so then they've provided information that is by city uh, or by state, and then we can look down in our information that's statewide through public health to say, where are our biggest issues? So, you know, our goals are set. The steering team also, in addition to setting the priority, sets the goals and says, okay, if our current overweight uh, rate for adults, the obesity rate for adults is 23, maybe mm -hmm. we want to get down to a 20% rate by the year 2017 or something. So they set goals and then every year the health department with those partners works on evaluating are we getting closer? Are we moving the dial? Is right. what we're mm -hmm. doing working? And if it is not, then we're looking at some other strategies. Now you mentioned smoking and um, I saw that it was roughly what 12% or something like that of the mm -hmm. population smokes. Actually, I would have guessed it to be much higher, quite mm -hmm. frankly. It seems like I, every time I turn around, someone's got a, a cigarette or one of those e-cigarettes. Um, I know one of the things that's being worked on right now is the Breathe Easy campaign. You want to mm -hmm. share some information about that and, and uh, how it comes into this? Sure. And to help uh, a little bit with your question about how these things are happening. So inside that Healthy Lifestyles group, there are several work groups that are focusing on those specific issues, whether it being getting more active, reducing tobacco use, um, increasing access to healthy fruits and vegetables. And so with re um, reducing tobacco use, we've created this work group with Breathe Easy Cobb. And so it's encouraging municipalities around Cobb, whether it be city governments um, or even county um, areas, to um, insist that smoking tobacco or using tobacco products is not allowed on their properties. And so we've seen some success. We have City of Kennesaw that's come on board with that, uh, with their um, parks and government buildings and property and parking lots. Um, they are no longer allowing tobacco products to be used. And so encouraging fewer places, you know, to that allows tobacco use will 
ultimately decrease the number of, um, of smokers in our community. And our campaign is around be part of the majority. So like you mentioned, um, you know, 12% of the population does smoke. Well, we want you to be part of the 88% that does not. And so um, that's kind of, you know, using some positive um, promotion around be part of the majority. Um, you know, to quit smoking and hopefully reduce tobacco use. And Becky, have we seen in communities where more and more of the facilities you talked about, we focused on city and government owned um, facilities being smoke free. Have we seen that when we start taking away public places that we can smoke, that people actually begin that that truly has a a behavioral pressure, if you will, to make someone decide, ah, it's not worth it because I have to go. To have my cigarette, I have to actually take a walk to go t- to have a cigarette. Yeah, I think that we've seen that <laughs> happening in other states that have very limited spaces for people to. So I think that we're trying to model ourselves around other communities that do see a reduction in tobacco use based on their Clean Indoor Act ordinances that are passed and also those, um, those you know, policies that are passed around um, in the government municipalities and also businesses. So yes, I think the the less space you have to be able to uh, use your tobacco products, the, the lower the percentage of people that will be taking advantage. But we are seeing, I mean, in these, in these areas, there is um, quite a group that are promoting those e-cigarettes. And, um, you know, there's definitely a, a, a huge activist group, you know, whenever we're trying to work with city governments that they come out and definitely promote um, their product, you know, and they're not seeing it the same. And Becky, I also wanted to add, you know, in addition to the municipalities and the counties, what's exciting is to see some of the voluntary efforts for events. Um, Like with the YMCA, Mm -hmm. I'm very active with your soccer program and have been for years. It wouldn't even cross my mind to light up a cigarette while I'm sitting there watching a soccer game. And so that's the tone that you want to start to get, not just that, oh, I can't smoke here, but it is the norm and it is our culture to have smoke-free areas. We see a lot of events in the community, like the farmer's market down at Mableton, where they've designated themselves as a smoke-free site. And so that's what you want. You want to have people start to say, you know what, I, I like having fresh air around me, whether that's in my business in my state government building, in my own office complex, in my in the dance club that I go to, um, or outside. Right, and when and like even with Wellstar and Children's Healthcare, a lot of them are, are having completely free smoke-free campuses. Right. So if you're yeah. there eight hours a day, you have nowhere to go to smoke. It starts to become a little bit of an inconvenience. And yeah. So hopefully that incur and and they're providing classes to help you kind of kick the habit. Mm-hmm. So I think that that whole comprehensive effort that the companies are having, you know, will help us move that needle. Having worked in the hospital a number of years in the past, it's been a while now, but I mean, back in those days when the hospital would go smoke free, then it was basically, you had to hold your breath for about five, 10 seconds to, to make the dash through the smoke gauntlet to get into the building, because that was what would happen. Everybody would go out outside of an entrance to the hospital and it would just be, you know, uh, well, I, I think setting the, the tone the, of smoke free environments is great because our daughter was a uh, teenage daughter was so surprised that airplanes used to have a smoking section. Mm-hmm. And she goes, how, how did you do that? Do you mean people would smoke on the plane and you think about it now? Right. Go, how did I ever uh, it was you know, how did we survive that? Yeah. And, and now it's uh, common. Co- correct. It's the it's change in the tone. 
change of the mindset. The other day I was watching Close Encounters of the Third Kind, you know, that mm-hmm. movie. Mm-hmm. And there's a scene on it where there's a government press conference. And um, mm-hmm. all you saw was everyone smoking. I mean, it was a fog in the room. And I thought there would no more be smoking now at a press conference that um, a federal agency would hold as anything. So. Yeah, it, you can certainly see that in in, in some movies and older mm-hmm. shows like mm-hmm. that, people in an office and, and things like that. And I was surprised to, to learn that for whatever reason, I, I, I thought that when it came to like restaurants and different mm-hmm. things like that, I thought it was, I, I didn't realize it was more or less voluntary to be able to participate in that. Is it is that not the case? Well, the smoke-free air law of 2005 in okay. Georgia um, required that all businesses who served individuals under 21 years of age could not allow okay. smoking. So it's just, it's really more of my personal business. If I'm a small business owner and I have mm-hmm. workers there, then it's it's up to us in, as a business potentially to make it off limits inside. Or if you're a nightclub and you only uh, allow people over 21 to come in, you have the choice of being smoke-free or not. I've stopped into one of those sites in Cobb County that mm-hmm. still has that. And my goodness, it's quite an experience when you walk in and you're not a smoker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we didn't I, stay long. <laughs> I was. Uh, I spend a lot of time down in Florida and mm-hmm. there's some a little stricter laws down in Florida on some things. And I saw a commercial from a, a nightclub and the owner said, wouldn't it be great if when you looked across the bar at that beautiful woman with baby blue eyes that you could actually see if she was looking at you? <laughs> and, and so he said, please come to our nightclub because we're smoke free. And I thought, isn't that interesting about how they were marketing that nightclub? One of the things that we hadn't yet talked about is the sharing spaces uh, initiative. You all want to share some information about what we're what we're talking about with that? Sure. We realize around our community there are churches and and schools and businesses even that have um, nice properties where there could potentially be a shared space where the general population could go onto that property and potentially use their walking track or mm-hmm. use their playground or maybe they have an indoor gym space where we could have pickup basketball games going on and so. The Sharing Spaces Initiative is to encourage those uh, places that have um, private spaces, typically, um, to open them up and share that space for the community so that, again, that would be additional places where people can go and become active um, and that we could have these joint use agreements set up so that we know that there's we can encourage the population to go and use those spaces um, to get their families active. What's that process like? Um, I know that, um, I mean, we lived... We live very near uh, a school now where they have a track, and I would love to be able to access that, but they always lock it down. And I'm like, well, we're on the track doing track things. We're walking, we're running, we're we're not, yeah. you know, doing anything that uh, wouldn't be done in the middle of a track meet. So, um, what kind of reception do you find for, say, for example, schools which have great facilities? You talked about playgrounds, for, for example, and obviously tracks have. Um, you know, great value of, for, for folks because it's safe. You don't have to worry about traffic and, and that kind of thing. So um, are, are more schools and churches being willing to share some of those resources with the community? Yes. And the reception has been, been a little bit slow because obviously there's liability issues and, uh, you know, there's a lot of concern I guess that's about the that. Resor- but the reason we have why a lot of there. schools that do open up their tracks, you know, for the community to use and that they're not locked down. But you're right. And, and um, so it's been a little bit of a process um, in working with the schools. But and then, you know, and also our, our parks and rec, you know, sometimes they will build a beautiful park, but then give it over to 
you know, um, a youth league to operate. And so you can't have access to it all the time. And because there may be a baseball league that runs that park. And, and so, um, but there's a lot of partners involved in that group. And so I, I really feel like we'll see some movement, um, in the next year. We just kind of got sharing spaces established last year. And so we're hoping to start, um, really pursuing some joint use agreements with that, um, initiative. Uh, this year and, you know, especially trying to get the schools to increase access um, to those beautiful tracks that they're building um, and also the county parks. Um, they have been renovating a lot of parks and building walking tracks on them. Mm-hmm. And so we're excited about that. So versus it just being a soccer complex, now there, there might be a trail around those soccer fields that people can take advantage of. And so um, we're seeing a little bit of movement, but there's definitely a lot of progress that can happen there. And it's really great. The the soccer, I'm not sure what, you, what it's called. That's on Barrett Parkway uh, there in Cobb. Yes, Mud Creek. Yeah, that's it. I and live near there. they've got a mm-hmm. half a mile track around the, the fields. And I, mm-hmm. when my daughter played out there, I used those heavily. And, of course, you see people there all the time. Yeah. So I know that having access to those types of either tracks or, you know, walking trails, things like that, when they're available, I, I do know that people in the community get out and use those. And I think there'd be a nice alternative because on a rainy winter day that you want to go to the place with the inflatable gyms or the restaurants that have the kid attractions, this would be a nice alternative mm-hmm. to go to a, a church gym that's no one's... Uh, it's designated for this type of space. Mm-hmm. How does that conversation happen? Does it need to, I guess it comes from somebody from within the, the Department of Health or one of the team members of the COP2020 initiative? Or how does that, if I if I have a, say I'm a member of a faith-based organization, we have facilities there. I mean, how do, how do we get that dialogue started? So I'd say that if you have a facility that you're interested in sharing and are, are willing to talk about it, then one way is to go to our COB 2020 website, and there's a way that says contact us. You can send us an email, and we'll route that over to the folks who can help work through the policy issues if there's any questions and the signage and how to get the marketing word out. So we have staff and we have marketing folks who are willing to help you with sharing the word of your willingness to share your spaces. As it relates to the the issue, you mentioned the liability piece for the, you know being around those facilities. And I guess the notion is is if if CW goes out on our track and he wants to do some stairs and he falls and bangs his knee and he he wants to sue us because we let him on those stairs. I mean, how how do you tackle that side of things? Do, is there a way that you can accommodate that concern for risk mitigation to allow people to use those resources? Is there some part of that process that kind of helps cover that? Yeah. Well, what I've seen in the northern part of the county where the some of the school tracks are available for community use um, is they're protected with signage. And so basically, just like if you were to use a pool with no lifeguard, it would say there's no lifeguard on duty. So there's some signage that I've noticed, like at the Kell High School track and some of the elementary school tracks that just say that, you know, they're, they're not responsible for any injury that may happen while you're, you know, using this space um, or any damage that might occur to your property. And so I've seen that there there looks like that they are using signage to protect themselves should there be any, you know, injury or damage to anything. And so ha- taking that approach actually covers them essentially, but because if I opt in, if you will, I, I read the sign, I have to walk by it to go in. Sure. I've basically acknowledged uh, this is on me. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing that that's what's protecting them because I'm just, I, I, you know, I'm not on that side as far as the legalities, but it seems like that's what I've noticed is the difference between some of the tracks that don't allow use um, after hours 
in those that are as, as these signs are protecting them. And um, I've also noticed the same signs kind of at some of our, our county parks. So, yeah, I, I would see that that's probably releasing them from that liability. We've been talking with experts from the Cobb-Douglas County Department of Public Health about the Cobb 2020 initiative. They've got a number of different initiatives within that overarching goal of improving the the collective health for the 800 some odd thousand residents that live in the Cobb and Douglas County uh, area and uh, clearly uh, they have identified some areas of opportunity that we can improve upon we talked about smoking for example um, and they're working to improve on on that rate of smoking among our, our population and, and reducing the exposure of folks to secondhand smoke for example through those types of processes and working with business and other entities to try to help get people moving uh, to kind of get after the, uh, the, our tendency as a population for, towards obesity. Obviously, there's a host of other initiatives that our hour can't cover. Um, we'll have to have you come back and, and talk more about those so that we can help generate some more awareness about those. In the, the last few minutes, um, if we can, are there as you sit around the, the boardroom or, or your meeting rooms and you're talking about these initiatives, where we stand uh, with regards to our progress and so forth, I mean, are there yet resources that you've not gained that you wish you had, um, partnerships within the community, whether it was with businesses, health health organizations of some kind? What, what sorts of collaborations do you need that would really help you? It's always a tough question. Some you know, for, for a lot of our guests, it's like, gosh, nobody ever asks us that. Well, I'll start. Um, I would say, first of all, if people are interested in stepping up to help on these initiatives and they need guidance, uh, they need sample policies to implement in their company, they need some guidance on a policy that they might implement in their city or their count in the county area, then first visit either the Cobb 2020 website or the Cobb and Douglas Public Health website and just hit the contact us and try and find uh, just let us know what you're looking for because between all of the partners whether it's through the YMCA or the hospital or public health we have a lot of resources of people who can provide some guidance so that you're not just recreating the wheel each time mm -hmm. so that would be the first time first thing if you are interested in serving and being involved in one of our work groups um, and you have a passion for um, reducing um, chronic disease issues or improving access to health care. If you have a passion for that and would like to serve on one of the work groups, again, through that same avenue, you can show your interest and, and we'd love to have you involved. Um, and we'll get somebody back in contact with you. If you are looking to make a donation, uh, because all of these initiatives take funding, they don't happen just with what we have. So we're always looking for grants. We're always looking for individual donors or corporate contributions that can help focus our attention on these chronic disease issues and access to health care. So if you are looking to make a donation, that's also an avenue, or you can do that through our Cobb Health Futures Foundation uh, and make a donation through that or through the Y, like Becky mentioned before about the uh, Farm Fresh Market. Now, are there still organizations out there or entities that you know are out there but haven't been able to link up with yet um, that, that maybe you're trying to meet or, or other resources beyond just what you're talking about where if I want to volunteer or I want to contribute funds, things like that, anything else that you that you wish you had? Well, sometimes it's 
uh, not knowing what you don't know, right? That's the problem. <laughs> um, and so we have some great representation and involvement in our Cobb 2020 partnership, but in a community of 900,000 people, I'm sure we haven't tapped in uh, on all of the resources that could move this forward. So if you have an idea, if somebody says, hey, have you contacted so-and-so? They'd be a great resource. I've been working with them. Again, I'd say through the Cobb 2020 website or through public health, you can contact us. Well, there's clearly a bunch of other initiatives yet to talk about with Cobb 2020, and, and hopefully you all will come back and, and share some more information about those because there's um, the Good Samaritan Health Center. We've got uh, access car, um, to primary care you were talking about, some things that are being done to give people access to care like that that would help prevent some of the issues that we're talking about to begin with. So we'll have to have you back and take another yeah. uh, pass at this. I, I want to put a plug in real quick for the aquatic centers in Cobb. We're users of those. I'm not sure where this yes. fails in the Cobb 2020, but the South Aquatic, Quad Cent South Aquatic Cobb Center and the Mountain View Aren't Aquatic they Center, they're, they're great. And where I was thinking before about the winter days, we trekked down there with a carload of kids, and it's just been a wonderful um, so Jackie, Jackie McMorris is on our steering team. Andy Cannon has been particularly active with us. Uh, they are over the Cobb County Government Recreation Services mm -hmm. that run those centers, right. and they're just spectacular, aren't they? The, I don't know if you've ever been to them before. But I have they, not. They're, they're really, uh, I mean, it's like it's hard, it's hard. water, it, isn't it? Yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> like the commercial parks, you go in there and it's, it's just a few dollars to go, and they have all these uh, um, you know, slides and Places where you can go in the pool and the the, uh, the lazy river, really? lazy river, I yeah, no in, idea. indoors and, so, and there's right near Six Flags, so there's one there in uh, West Cobb. Put a good plug in for them because they're mm -hmm. great mm -hmm. state of the art facilities. I, I mean, I, I suspected they were places where you know swimming type events and things like that would would be held, and and I can swim certainly, but mm -hmm. I'm not a a swimmer, so I've never actually gone to you know like do laps or something mm -hmm. like that i would have been totally surprised i'm glad that you mentioned that because now mm -hmm. we'll have to take advantage of some <laughs> of those uh resources now and particularly in the winter time when we mm -hmm. are looking for something and to it's do a fun kiddo. place there's lots of birthday parties mm -hmm. that are hosted there i've taken right. my kids to uh, birthday parties there they play mm -hmm. on the slides and it's just a great opportunity for families to go and be active it's not just for kids <laughs> i'm on the slides too <laughs> <laughs> well, with a couple minutes left, do you all have some final thoughts for us before we have to let you get back to your day? And the, the drive back home will be much easier than driving in. Well, I mean, I appreciate you allowing us this time to, one, increase, increase the awareness of what we have going on in Cobb and inviting us to come and talk about these initiatives and, you know, just one more way to, you know, get people um, moving and aware of what's happening in their county. I think that that's great. Thank you for the time. Sure. Thank you. Yeah, I'll just uh, mention partnerships again. Uh, for any health department in this country, partnerships are critical. Our, our budgets never come close to covering what our 29 programs, particularly in our district, need to provide. So the more partners we have, the more resources other people can bring, the more successful we can be in improving the health of our community. Well, to uh, to the folks here in the studio, I know it was challenging to get in from uh, Cobb County as it is every day for the, the folks who live up there that travel into the city. Uh, so we definitely appreciate Dr. Jack Kennedy, Lisa Crossman, and Becky Shipley from the Cobb 2020 program uh, joining us to talk about some of the initiatives that they're doing to uh, improve the overall health of what is a very large component of the population of folks around the Atlanta area here in the Cobb and Douglas counties. Um, to the folks at uh, Health Connect South, we certainly appreciate 
appreciate them. And if you've not gone out to get registered for the Health Connect South event, I strongly encourage that you do that. There's going to be some really amazing speakers. Some topics will be covered that I think will be very intriguing. Radio interviews and lots of time for networking this year. So go to healthconnectsouth.com and enter Radio X for your 100 dollars off discount that's right and if you've not done so already the health connect south show can be found on twitter at HealthCon radio tie in with us there um, they're always putting out great information on uh, uh, the the health connect south twitter feed tying us in with our guests and sharing information from them as well um, and if you've not checked out sharewick media group you need to get over and learn more about sharewick media they they take care of businesses that have a story to tell like the like the, the, the folks here uh, producing a wide array of uh, media property from digital to video, you name it. If you have a story to tell, you're trying to raise awareness about what you're doing, you need to get to know the folks at uh, Sherwick Media Group. We appreciate them because they're our partner here in the uh, Health Connect South Radio Show. And um, for all the folks that took time to make us a part of your day today out there listening, we really appreciate you. We hope you turn around and share this information with your connections out there in social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter, because people do click on those links when you put them out there. And you could very well be the person that leads a, a great effort like this here at Cobb 2020 to the next great resource for them that really starts to improve the uh, health for the folks that they're trying to work for. So uh, we really hope that you turn around and share this on their behalf, and we'll thank you in advance for that. So, uh, Jay, thanks for sitting in. Yeah, thanks again, CW. Enjoyed it. And uh, everybody out there, we'll see you all same time, same place next week. We'll see you then. This show is brought to you by Sherwick Media. Sherwick is the health and wellness solution, content that inspires change. Learn more at www.sherwick.com. That's sharewick.com. And link up with us on Facebook and Twitter.